Father, as we come this morning, we're thankful that we can be here, God. We're thankful that uh, we can talk about the things that we will be talking about. We think of the our large church group and the small groups that are within it, uh, Lord, and how that all works. But God, you are good to us, and you call us your children, and that uh, you call us friends, and you love us, you've created us. Thank you so much for that. So open up our hearts and our minds this morning, because you have things in store for each one of us. And we would just ask this in your son Jesus' name, amen. Thinking about our small groups, and in Libby Christian Church, we call our small groups salt groups, and I'll explain that a little more in a minute, but we want to we want the church, you, us, all of us, our church family, to know that we're purposeful in why we talk about small groups or salt groups. And so, as we go through things this morning, hopefully you'll see the purpose in it, the need for it, and see uh, why it works and uh, what, what is good about it. But a couple weeks ago, I was driving by myself and as I was driving, the current events were in my mind, like you guys too. Thoughts like the West Fork Fire that's up here, the West Kootenai Fire up by Eureka and the Canadian border there, and the Gibraltar Fire that's out by Grave Creek and, uh, and Eureka. Then Hurricane Harvey in Texas, uh, that was going on, and Hurricane Irma was headed for the East Coast. So all these things, and, and you know, we could add in the list other things like the earthquake and so forth, but those things were in my mind. And uh, then for some reason, my mind went to friends and uh, those around me that I, that I share my life with. And uh, I started running those people through my mind, uh, name by name. And you know what happened? I was quickly overwhelmed with love and gratitude and thankfulness of the relationships that I have that God has put in my life. And the church, you know, I'm not talking about the building here, the church, God's family helps that happen in such a big way. And many of you people here are included exactly what I'm talking about. God has put you in my life and, and uh, uh, used you to help me in all kinds of different ways. But I want to take the opportunity today to, to share the importance that the church and small groups, or we could say friendship circles, and the impact it has in our lives, okay? Uh, now, it's been planned for more than a month that I'd be preaching this message and talking about this very subject and it's very fitting, I guess, of the current events and circumstances that we've been in in the past couple weeks that uh, uh, here locally with the fires and stuff, it's kind of fitting that the things we're talking about, how uh, it's so easy to come to our mind. And seeing our groups of people within the church helping each other. The last two weeks, that's been a shining example of how People in the church work together and are connected to each other to help one another. And um, we got to see just, especially being here at church during the week, the staff, 
and, and the others that were around here, we got to see firsthand uh, how it works as smaller groups of people within the larger group of the church. You know, we think of the church as a whole, but then the smaller groups, how they help one another. And uh, the fires helped us with that. What was interesting, and I've told people this same thing the last couple weeks here, uh, because the fire didn't affect the whole Libby community all at once, like if you were in Key West, Florida, it affected everybody in that area. But being the way it worked here with part of our people having the threat of the fire and being evacuated and displaced, a lot of the people I talked to had three, four, five opportunities where people wanted them to come stay at their place. They had all kinds of offers of, I'll help you bring your stuff here. Uh, You can, you know, I got a trailer you can borrow. Just multiple things that people offered up. And we got to hear about that because we were talking with a lot of different people. But that is how it works. And that happened not only in the church, but the community too. And it draws people together. It, It makes us feel valuable to help others and it makes us feel valuable to be helped by others. But here at Libby Christian Church, we recognize the importance of people being connected into the church family. And then one of my areas of ministry as an associate minister of community is the responsibility of helping with the small groups in the church that we call them SALT groups. SALT capital S-A-L-T, stands for Serving Alongside in Life Together. That's the acronym that uh, we gave it. If if you've been here at the Forest Service meetings with the fire, they have all these terms that they throw out like H-R and R-H, and uh, the list goes on and on. Well, ours is SALT. And uh, this goes back to a time when Phil had preached about SALT, covenant that is talked about in the Old Testament and the importance of salt as a commodity that was important back in the Bible times as a preservative and and, uh, used in many different ways. And salt, we still need salt. We can't get by without it. And that's the, the thought process of our groups. It's something that is very necessary. But our scripture model is right out of the Bible for our salt groups. And if you have your Bible with you, turn to the book of Romans. And if you don't have a Bible with you and you want to turn to Romans, look around in the uh, seats. Under the seats, we have some Bibles in the auditorium that we just leave here for people to use. But Romans chapter 12. And this is our our model for our small groups, our salt groups at Libby Christian Church. This is, this is our model and it's taken right out of God's Word. So we're going to start in uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. So read along with me. And I'm using, I brought up two Bibles. This is my uh, New Living Translation. I want to read this. This is what we use for the version for our salt uh, groups actually in our in our training and stuff, but uh, read along with me. Don't just pretend that you love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Stand on the side of the good. 
love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and always be prayerful. When God's children are in need, be the one to help them out and get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner or if they need lodging for the night. If people persecute you because you're a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. When others are happy, be happy with them. If they are sad, share in their sorrow. Live in harmony with each other. Don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible. Now see, as we, as we look at that section of Scripture there, and you hear those things, are, are those not things that we want to have in our life? Yeah, and many of us have extended those very things to people that we live with in our community and our church family, and we've extended that to them, but also we've been the recipients of some of those things. And those are the very things that uh, God created us to crave in our life. We want to, we want to feel that somebody cares about us, and we want to feel the need that there's people that need our care, right? And, and so that's how God has us wired, and. Here we find just what we're looking for as we make connections in the church family. God's laid it out in his word and of what we're supposed to do, but also some of the things that we should be looking for. Maybe there you hear some of those things and in your heart you think, oh, I wish that could happen with me. I wish when bad things happened, I had somebody to help me because my family's a long ways away or my family doesn't care. Or that... They could celebrate in happiness for you. I, I have a, a, a daughter, one of my daughters is pregnant and going to be having a baby uh, next month. And so many people in the church family are happy that that is happening. And that's kind of humbling because I just think out of all the busyness and other people have kids and grandkids and stuff, but there's people that care and are happy that we're going to be having a grandbaby, things like that. That's what I'm talking about. But we currently have a very active membership in Libby Christian Church of about 800 people uh, in our church family. And then really, as we look in our membership thing and people that have contact with us and come here, that there's another four or 500 that if you just went up to somebody and said, hey, do you go to church? And they say, yeah. And you said, what church? They would say, Libby Christian Church. Now that might mean they're only here once or twice a year, but this is their church family. You see what I mean? I see your heads nodding. And uh, um, Anyhow, now for the necessary things to happen in our lives here, uh, all of us, the ministers, elders, and staff, we can't take care of all the needs that are coming along daily, weekly, monthly. 
with the church family. And so this is where the smaller groups of people uh, in the large group of the church family come into action. And we have many smaller groups of people doing things together in the church, not just our salt groups or our small groups that we're thinking of in that way. We have other Bible studies for men and women, uh, projects from, I was trying to think how I'd put this out, projects from quilting to firewood cutting. You know, that's pretty broad spectrum right there. Uh, We have ministry teams working together and this would just to be, just name a few, just very few, would be the food pantry, the mission shop, change for a dollar, missions team, the kitchen ministry, celebrate recovery, uh, children and youth workers, and the list goes on and on. But see, these are smaller groups of people working on things, and then the, through the process of that, what happens is people get to know each other, and somebody makes a little comment like, boy, I got to, you know, do this at the house or this or whatever. And, and then somebody else hears and they say, well, shoot, I'll be over there and I'll help you. Things like that start happening because we're, we're for, in my mind, we're doing life together. We're around each other. We're doing the things of life and we're caring about each other. But to paint a picture how this works, We're going to go back again to God's Word because remember, like Phil always tells us, and I'd tell you too, is God's Word contains what we need in our lives. Uh, He has the answer for us. So we're going to go to the book of Exodus. So turn back, second book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, chapter 18. And as you're turning there to Exodus 18, I, I, I wanted to use this out of the Old Testament because God's Word, the whole thing, is necessary for us. And here, here we're going to see a story that I'm going to read to you in just a minute that uh, applies to us today just as much as it did back when this was recorded for us. And it's out of the Old Testament. So, you know, we, you, we, God has blessed us with the Old Testament and the New Testament and the things that we can glean out of that that apply to our lives. So starting in verse 13, Exodus chapter 18, starting verse 13. The next day Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Now let's pause there for a second. There could be a little bit of arrogance there on Moses' part, right? We know he was a humble man, but sometimes what we might view as arrogance just kind of creeps up on us out of what we think is necessity. Um, Moses got gradually drug into the trap where he's trying to take care of all these people. Probably a couple million people. I don't know. 
it was a large number of people, but it, did, it, it, it you know, he got drug into that trap. So picking back up in verse 17, Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for the thing is too heavy for you. You're, you are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. So his father-in-law Jethro was Moses' um, son-in-law. His name was Jethro. He's pointing out here that God, God can help you with this. There's a way for this to happen. So he says, Now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God will be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe. And place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any smaller matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will uh, bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all his people also will go to their places in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. So see, there we have a very simple picture uh, being drawn out by God used Jethro, Moses' father-in-law. But he used Jethro to talk some sense into Moses and improve the way things were happening. Now, if we applied that here at Libby Christian Church, um, it might be that somebody calls Phil and says, hey, my faucet's leaking. And uh, Phil would say, okay. And they'd say, so I need you to come fix it. You're the, you're the head guy at the church there, so could you come over? Well, yeah, he probably could, but maybe he's got somebody else that's coming in that's just about on the rocks with their marriage. You see where I'm going with that? So then Phil says, hey, Deanie, <laughs> uh, could you go fix that faucet? But, uh, and that's just a simple way of looking at things. But see, in the church family, what happens uh, with our small groups, it, Moses was saved from here as a train wreck of, of people waiting in line, being frustrated, maybe not getting their needs taken care of. Well, with our small groups here in the church, that helps that not happen because we are not able to take care of all those things that... Uh, uh, by staff and elders and ministers, all the church things can't be taken care of. You guys are helping us 
with those. But the, here's the cool part, too, that Moses actually listened. He listened and paid attention to good advice offered by somebody that cared about him. And he listened to it. And the cool thing was it was better for everybody. Everybody uh, saw improvement. Things were taken care of in an orderly fashion. I, I love that story that's in the Old Testament that works just as well today. And we see it in big businesses stuff, how things are broken down and it applies into the church family. But now we're going to look, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians in the New Testament, and we're going to read here what Paul has to say. And um, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, chapter 12, verse 12. Good to hear the pages rattling as you're finding your way there. Here's what Paul says. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of... Uh, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on the parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now remember the other scripture we talked about is about suffering together and rejoicing together. Physically, our body, if, you, if you're outside and you're moving some firewood and a piece of firewood falls off the tailgate and hits on your big toe, it causes suffering. Yeah, I mean, your eyeball might even feel like it's hurting. It hurts so bad. And you know what I'm talking about. Things like that have happened to us. But our whole body realizes, hey, something is wrong. And then when, our, when things in our life make us happy, like you go to Burger Express and you get a, a ice cream cone and it hits your taste buds, it makes your body happy. It might even make your toe feel better. Too, uh, that, uh, that nice cold ice cream. But, but see, our body 
Paul uses the body to bring in the fact of the spiritual body, God's church family here, and how each one of you, everybody that is sitting here that is part of the church family, God has a purpose for you. And not all of you are going to be up here preaching. Not all of you are going to be teaching in Sunday school classes. Not all of you are going to be cooking in the kitchen. Things like that. But all of you are doing different things and then that's why things work the way they do in the church because everyone is willing to do what God wants them to do. So we see a proper functioning church family just like the physical body working together uh, like it should. And, uh, but, but it's talking about all of us, the church family coming together and the, the small groups help us put that into action. And I, I want to tell you a little bit about my experience in uh, small group community relating to my background, okay, in the church, because many of you don't probably know that, but my family moved here to Libby in 1967. My parents and my uh, younger sister that was younger than me, and we attended Libby Christian Church at that time, uh, and I have since then. But my two brothers, I have two brothers, they were born here in Libby, my parents moved to Spokane area in 1986. And uh, of course, I stayed here, but I grew up in this church. But what I want to mention is, is that I observed my parents meeting in Bible studies in people's homes, including that included our own home. And... Uh, these were the same, what we would refer today as small groups or salt groups, same concept. And then when my wife Beth and I were married 35 years ago, um, we continued on with going to small groups like been in my life to clear up to the present. But I don't know, I know no different way of doing life with my church family. That's just what has happened, and words would not describe the fellowship and relationship that we have found in the friendship circles of small groups. It's, it's just beyond words. And it re, but it requires time and commitment from us to participate in that, but the dividends are beyond priceless. And those of you that have been involved in that know what I'm talking about. But we have a pattern laid out for us in God's Word. And uh, we see it in action here at Libby Christian Church. It, it isn't perfect, but we're trying to get it as good as we can and, and get as many people involved as we can. But my request of you is if you're not involved in a salt group or a small group, to please consider investing time in one and share life with those around you. That means giving and receiving. Uh, we have a sign-up. We're going to have a sign-up available in the lobby on the way out the, at the information booth, the, the back wall there. You see that there? There's some sign-ups. 
Uh, if you're interested, currently we have our small groups. They're starting back for the season, and uh, they'll be going through the fall, winter, and spring. We usually, most of them break for the summer. And, uh, but groups meet in various locations at people's homes, Monday through Thursday evenings. So hopefully there's an evening there, or maybe a couple evenings that work uh, in different families, different family schedulings. But what I would ask you to do is please give me your contact information if you would sign, the, sign up on the sign-up sheet there and what night might be good or nights would be good for you. And uh, that will help you get connected better into the church family where uh, not just coming to church on Sunday and saying hi and, and how you doing and then going back home, but this will give you an opportunity. What I tell people, we start finding out, you know, who, whose kids or whose, how many kids somebody has, grandkids and stuff that happens in our small groups. And I, uh, I was telling them, at the first service this morning, I have an app on my phone that has birthdays in it. And that birthday app uh, reminds me of somebody's birthday. Well, I know all the birthdays. Well, I don't know. My phone knows all because that's why it's called a smartphone. It knows what people's birthdays are and it reminds me. And I, ha I have a lot of other people in the church uh, family that... I have in that birthday reminder and then I like to text them and say happy birthday or uh, call them and tell them happy birthday. But I, I have to get that knowledge somewhere. So if, if you're lonely and nobody ever reminds you of your birthday, tell me. <laughs> and I'll put, it, I'll put it in my phone. But you've got to give me the year too because I like to know how old you are, not just the day and the month. But see, with our, with our small groups, though, little things like that, we start finding out. And then, you know, uh, like at our group, we'll have cake at the, that evening, you know, to celebrate with somebody's birthday. So it's just, it's fun things. But I, and so in closing, I, I guess I would say that uh, I want you to consider that if you're not already involved in a small group, Libby Christian Church. We're doing it on purpose uh, to connect people into the church family so people are not falling through the cracks on things. Many times we become aware, and I say we, the leadership or the church staff, become aware of things that are happening in people's lives through the small groups because uh, uh, that information gets out there to help us so that we know the things that we should be aware of. So I have a slide here that uh, we're going to use. This is an old song called Take Time to Be Holy. You can see when it was written. But just this is just part of the song. But as I was preparing for this, the, the, these words came into my mind from being a kid growing up in the church. But it says, Take time to be holy. Speak oft with thy Lord. Abide in him always and feed on his word. Make friends of God's children. Help those who are weak. Forgetting in nothing his blessing to seek. And just those 
few sentences there. The theology of it is there is being holy, speaking with the Lord, abiding in Him, feeding on His Word like this morning. Three different places in God's Word. We fed on that to see what it had to say. And then making friends with God's children. That's exactly what we're talking about. Helping those who are weak. And then the blessings that come from stuff. Doing stuff that way in our relationship. So that song rang in my mind as uh, as I was thinking these things over. So... uh, Would you please stand up and pray with me? God, um, you have established relationships as as a hinge pin in our lives, God. We need, first of all, relationship with you and your son. But then you have uh, left the church for us until you return. And the church is not a building, but it's it's a family of people, God, your people. You've told us the things that we should be doing, how we should be taking care of each other, things we should be willing to do for each other and and sometimes let people do for us. So God, would would you uh, uh, open up our hearts and minds to be willing to try that and see how that works for those of us that... uh, are not involved. Many times we can just be pretty busy, God, in our lives and wonder where the time will come from. But you will, you will help us with that, God. So my prayer is, is that you'll connect us all together, God, that uh, we know what is happening. Put those people around us to share life with. And uh, we love you, God, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.